Welcome to the ENA Podcast. It's the ENA Podcast. This is Dan Campana, Senior Manager for PR and Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association. It is early February. It's cold outside, but we're here to talk about another key topic. Um, some might say another hot topic that is in the world of the emergency department. And today we're talking with Cheryl Randolph, uh, who's an ED staff RN at San Francisco General Hospital. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. Uh, appreciate you taking some time to join us for the ENA podcast and talk a little bit about the topic of bullying in the ED. But first, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your connection to the ED, how you got involved uh, in, uh, in the emergency department as a nurse? Sure. Uh, I've been in the emergency department for good Lord, um, going on 30 years. Um, I originally was an ICU nurse and one day they were a little short in the ED and asked for some help. And I said, oh my God, I love this. I'm hooked. And ever since, uh, I've loved the fast pace. I've loved not knowing what comes in the door and the camaraderie that is built with ED nursing. So over those years, I imagine the ED environment has changed in a number of ways. What, what are some of the things that really jump out at you that's different about an ED today versus when you started? You know, um, there's been, as you said, so many changes. Um, sizes of ERs have changed. You know, they, they used to be a, kind of a smaller part of a hospital and worked more as like an urgent care does today. Uh, and the acuity in the past had been a lot lighter. You know, you would have a, you know, a sore throat and maybe a broken finger and someone who cut their finger on a bagel. And these days you'll have, you know, uh, as we'll say, total body failure patients. You'll have patients who have just such extreme chronic disease and then they'll have acute illness on top of that. In addition to, of course, horrific trauma that we have all the time. Uh, it's, so the acuity of patients has really gotten more and more extreme over the years. And that uh, duty to give care to those patients in those extreme uh, situations is really been telling on our staff. So I would imagine that when you, you, you good segue there into talking about staff, I imagine that as the complexity of the work that you, you do changes, the dynamics of how the ED operates from a staffing perspective and the interactions and relationships, those change as well. So tell me a little bit about when in particular bullying was something that you began to notice either in subtle ways or in more overt fashions. Well, you know, uh, I, I have a saying that I always kind of pull out, and it's, high school never ends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the, you know, when did you notice bullying? Well, you know, probably the first time you were in, you know, first or second grade, you noticed it. It's something that's been in our society forever. Uh, it's something that most of us noted when we were in, in grammar school, in high school, in any kind of social situation. And it's, become, unfortunately, uh, in our current political environment, I think it's become more prevalent and more socially acceptable to uh, for people to have uh, overt uh, opinions and overt uh, actions uh, that uh, are showing their particular strength or, or their, their bullying attitude. So when it comes to the ED environment, what are some of the things that really stand out to you in ways that staff members may mistreat one another? Is it about the workload? Is it about the competency? Is it about those things that go back to, like you mentioned, the high school years where it's about 
the the superficial things, uh, appearance and style and you know names. I mean, what 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 types of bullying are are most prominent in an ED? You know, uh, probably the most prominent thing, and especially that that our younger staff members, uh, those newer to emergency care, have noted, is that um, one upmanship of those nurses who, granted, have more experience and more time doing the job over those who are new to the emergency care area. And it's that uh, lack of civility, lack of understanding that, of course, they are at a starting point where, you know, you were 20 years ago, but having that understanding and that acceptance and helping them along as opposed to uh, ridiculing them or uh, judging them for what they don't know. The, in a perfect world, you know, you would recognize what they need to know and help them along. But in a bullying atmosphere and in that that old adage of nurses eat their young, uh, we oftentimes see the more senior nurse uh, either talking behind their back about their perceived incompetence or just openly ridiculing them for what they don't know or what is perceived as a uh, deficit in care as compared to what that more experienced staff nurse would do. So is it more prominent given what you mentioned earlier about sort of our, our culture, political culture today? Has it always existed? And it's just, it depends on where you're at, you know, and what this, the, the culture of your ED is like about how prominent it is? I mean, what, what has sort of changed or, or has it just been the same for, for years and years? You know, the statistics say that it's prevalent in our society overall. And I don't care if you work at a level one trauma center or if you're at McDonald's behind the counter, there's still going to be a hierarchy. There's still going to be uh, those individuals who would uh, take onus of uh, what a perceived uh, situation is and try to, you know, be, be the be the top dog, be the be that bully, that one that's, you know, trying to be superior to everyone else. So it's it's prevalent in, in our society in any position or any school, any circumstance whatsoever. But what's interesting is uh, in nursing and in nursing and in medicine and in hospital practice, uh, obviously over the years it's been more of a male hierarchy uh, in the past where the male doctors were the ones uh, literally, uh, uh, you know, above the nurses in, uh, of course, in diagnosis and in telling what's going to happen uh, with the patients. But over the years, uh, nicely enough, that has changed. But even so, there is still a kind of a male-female hierarchy that goes on. There's an ageist uh, hierarchy that goes on between those more experienced nurses and the younger nurses. And uh, unfortunately, too, uh, the nurses who are uh, faced with these behaviors on an ongoing basis, the statistics say that about one in three nurses leave the profession of nursing because of bullying behaviors that they are exposed to. Okay. So are, are nurses suffering in silence and unwilling or feel like they shouldn't speak up on these these situations? Or... Is it a, a sort of a vacuum when it comes to leadership, not recognize, recognizing this is happening and changing the dynamic of those relationships and the culture that, that everyone is working in? You know, excellent question. Um, and in fact, I think it's a bit of both. The, the profile 
in in nursing of who is being bullied of the victim is generally someone who is new to the practice, someone perhaps who is new to the facility, our new grads, uh, new staff, travel nurses, um, and even our our techs and our um, assistants that are obviously not nurses per se, but working with us in that team effort of ER. All of those people are 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 uh, make up the population of who really gets affected. As far as leadership uh, acting on this problem and getting something done, well, unfortunately, sometimes leadership is the bully, <laughs> and that also be problematic. But in that perfect world, one would expect leadership and the hospital system overall to have a zero tolerance for bullying and to be able to have a process by which those people are uh, uh, recognized and uh, counseled and even perhaps uh, let go, depending upon what has been done or what uh, actions they've taken against their staff. So ultimately, this would seem to have some sort of an impact on patient care. So how does, how does bullying undermine performance in the ED? In, in just the way that you would expect. Um, obviously, by working in an environment, a toxic environment, necessarily there's a revolving door for staff. So there are costs of recruiting and hiring and orienting a new nurse over and over. And the last statistic I saw on that said the cost of hiring and orienting a new person into the ER runs about $150,000. So this this revolving door doesn't help because you've got new staff coming in all the time. Okay. Obviously, you've got a lack of morale and, and knowing, too, that emergency, I think, more than almost any other practice, hospital-based practice, really is a team sport. And when you don't have the support of those people around you, when you don't have those other individuals that are all focused on the goal of patient care or getting, getting the job done for that patient, Necessarily, there's a loss of productivity. You're not getting the job done appropriately. There's a loss of communication. Um, there is uh, those staff members who will just shrug their shoulders and maybe they're absent more than usual. So you'll have a, a shortage. You'll, you'll be understaffed on a regular basis. So all of those products of this bullying toxic atmosphere ultimately mean poor patient care, a lack of productivity in moving our patients in and out, and overall, uh, too, a lack of acute and astute nursing care for our emergency patients. So a question I always ask when I talk to somebody who is very focused on a particular area, especially the, the environment of the ED and the working relationships, how did this become such an important topic for you to, to delve into to the level that you have? Um, I like uh, probably 99% of the other nurses out there. I too have been in those situations where, uh, I've been the new staff member and have not received any, uh, camaraderie, but rather ridicule. Uh, I've been in those positions where, you know, um, obnoxious remarks that today one would categorize as sexist or racist or, uh, misogynistic, any of those uh, labels could be applied today. Well, 20 years ago, um, they maybe that person got away with it. And as always, the, the classic bullying remark is always 
uh, followed by, oh, oh, I was only joking. Right, right. So there's always been a uh, atmosphere of, of, gosh, I, I don't know, fear of, of, of feeling that uh, you're, you're making waves that maybe aren't uh, genuine or that you're being too sensitive. So for all those reasons, over the years, people and myself included have been loath to come forward and say, hey, you know, this is going on. You, you, you always kind of felt that you had to be a little tougher. And especially in ED practice, we always, we have a bit of a swagger. Sure. We, we, we think we are the tough nurses. And to be upset about, oh, someone, you know, might have hurt your feelings. Oh, good Lord. That was, you know, really thought of as being very wimpy and not, not being up to the practice. Right. But um, thank God uh, these days it's recognized that, hey, this really isn't acceptable. And this really does decrease the morale, the camaraderie, the effective care, the whole focus of what ER practice is about. In fact, any nursing practice is about. So when you look at EDs that uh, are doing it, and I'll, I'll say it with air quotes around, are doing it right, what, what are the EDs that are doing it right doing to make sure that this is a, a conducive environment that is focused on safe patient care, but is also protecting, in a way, the, the staff from letting things getting out of control? I mean, what are, what are there, can, can this be legislated, so to speak, or can, is this just about getting buy-in from everybody that we're on the same team, whether you're new, you're young, or you're a veteran and, and, and a little bit older in, in your years and on the job, that uh, we're all on the same team and this is about one mission? Um, you know, what, what are EDs that are doing it well? What, what type of play, things are they putting in place to make sure that this is a good environment for the staff to work in? So the EDs and the hospital systems overall that are aware of this problem and taking steps to ensure that it doesn't uh, affect their staff or their patient care are doing a bunch of different things. One is, first of all, awareness. And like I said, this bullying behavior, it's been going on for a million years. We've all been through it. And I, again, I don't care if it's kindergarten or the trauma room, it, it has a potential to, to exist. But probably the first step in that for the organization is to recognize and to tell your staff that you recognize, hey, this behavior does exist, and make sure that they understand that from the management's point of view, it is not acceptable. And that if uh, this, these behaviors are perceived and if uh, one's work performance and the uh, environment is toxic to the point where the job is not getting done, that these are behaviors that need to be brought to the uh, attention of management in a timely manner so that those individuals can be singled out and counseled as to their behaviors. From a, a nurse perspective, uh, as you mentioned, silence is sometimes the option that people will go toward because they don't want to make waves or they don't want to uh, be seen as a snitch or anything like that. Um, but how, are, how would you recommend a nurse empower themselves to feel like they can speak up with confidence and make some changes if they feel like they're seeing bullying going on or they feel like they're being victimized as a, by a bully? You know, it's probably the hardest thing to do because, again, we've all been in those situations and you sometimes think, oh, I'll just I'll ignore it and it'll go away. And the majority of bullies know that just gives them more and more power over you. So. From an individual point of view, when you're faced with any particular situation or individual who is making you feel in an inferior position or uh, you feel that they are doing your best, their best to undermine your effectiveness as a, as a nurse at the bedside, 
you have to call them out on it. And it's a really difficult thing to do because, as I said, uh, the first thing the bully usually does is deny it. Oh, you misperceived it. Oh, I was just joking. And you just need to make a really concerted, serious uh, effort to say to them, hey, I don't appreciate what you just said. I think you're, you know, you're way off mark. Um, no, I'm really competent in my job. You stand up for yourself. You stand up for the behavior. Oh, sorry. Stand against the behavior that they are uh, putting onto you. And you call them on their game. And again, as I said, they'll probably try to laugh it off or you don't you're not perceiving it properly or, oh, you're too sensitive. But these days, it's recognized that, no, that's not appropriate behavior. And sometimes simply calling them out on them, it and saying that, hey, this is going on, it's not acceptable is enough. The fact that there is in many hospitals now, again, management uh, and uh, organizational support for uh bullying against bullying behavior and reporting bullying behavior that's also a great segue to say hey you know what uh, there's yeah, I, I I don't I don't want to have to report you know you can threaten them I don't want to have to report you for what's going on I think you need to get this under control you, we need to be working together hey if you think I don't know what's going on hey help me out with it so simply calling them on the behavior is often often uh, the first step to take when that doesn't work, then you start keeping a journal, quite frankly. And this is okay. something that has always been recommended in uh, management uh, when you have troublesome employees, is that you make a record of on June 3rd at 2 o'clock uh, in the trauma room, uh, G Nurse Smith said X, Y, and Z to me. It was in the presence of Nurse Jones and Nurse uh, uh, Brown and Nurse Green. So you make a record of the behaviors, make a record of the time, date, the behavior, anyone else who heard about it. And you, again, you take that to management and say, hey, there's this individual, here's the behaviors, here's what they've been doing, it's been going on, it's not an isolated incident, and here's other witnesses that either heard or saw this behavior. And again, in that perfect world where management is truly making an effort to ensure that the workplace environment is effective and is a uh, healthful place to be working, those concerns are going to be taken seriously. It, it sounds like the tide, you know, will continue to turn both from a self-policing uh, standpoint, but also from a, a, maybe not necessarily a policy standpoint, but from leadership recognizing that they need to take the, the complaints that they receive seriously and look at whether it's an isolated thing or a more per, pervasive issue within their environment. Uh, so it sounds like there's a little bit, uh, it can happen from both sides. It's not isolated to um, just making it the nurse's responsibility to fix the problem. It's uh, uh, everybody needs to be involved in one form or another. Is that a, is that a fair way of looking at the future of, of how this will be addressed? Exactly, exactly. It needs to be understood that there is zero tolerance for this type of behavior and that it's not a rite of passage. It is not something that one needs to go through to be toughened up. It's, it's not acceptable in our professional practice. We need to be respectful of one another. We need to have understanding that not everyone is coming from that same uh, base of experience or education and recognize if you perceive deficits in your 
uh, fellow nurses care or understanding, then, hey, you jump in and you can explain it or you can help them along. We really need to recognize that uh, our, our, our uh, actions in the emergency room, again, need to be cognizant of that team effort. It's really not an individual sport. We're always in situations where you need the backup of your fellow nurses, you need to be working as a team, and you need to recognize that your fellow employees need to be valued, and you need to be polite, courteous, all those things that your mother taught you, yeah, you need to be doing that at the bedside with your staff as well. Well, it's certainly a complex issue that seems like it has some simple remedies that it just takes the, t the opportunity for people to empower themselves to step forward and, and speak up on their behalf and on the behalf of others and hopefully begin to, to create a wave of, of change in terms of what's it, what the expectations are and, and that the old ways are not necessarily what are acceptable anymore when it comes to that, that interaction and, and sort of relationship between staff members. So, um, Cheryl Randolph, anything else that you'd like to share about, you know, this topic, obviously you're very passionate about it and, and making sure that uh, people are aware that, you know, this does happen and it can undermine the performance of a staff in, in, in service to patients. Anything else that you'd like to share with us? Just, just to recap, um, as you just said, um, recognizing and stopping this bullying behavior is really everyone's responsibility. Uh, don't let it go uh, unnoticed. Don't let it pass by as if it doesn't matter. Uh, these bullying behaviors, when they're not called upon, they continue, they get worse, they will escalate. And chances are, if you're perceiving these behaviors towards yourself, uh, chances are you're not alone. You're not the only one that this individual has been targeting. And you really need to stand up for yourself, stand up for your fellow staff, and ensure that this behavior isn't tolerated any longer. Cheryl Randolph from San Francisco General Hospital, uh, the ED there. I, I appreciate you taking some time for us and joining us on the ENA podcast today. Uh, this is Dan Campana from ENA, and uh, we appreciate you listening, and we look forward to talking to you. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. That'll do it for this edition of the ENA podcast. Uh, we will talk to you next time on another emergency nursing topic of interest and news from ENA. Take care. <laughs>